Warning, this episode contains explicit content. Please proceed with caution. everyone and welcome to season four of Whiskey Sex Talk. I am your host, Romeo. And I'm your co-host, Kim O'Hanison. Kim, I'm so excited for this season. I'm so, so excited. Uh, I know, excited too, to be launching this four seasons. Yeah, yes. congratulations. It sucks that Maria's not here, but uh, she'll be back. She just had some personal things to take care of, but uh, she sends her love and she wishes well. she was here with us. We miss you, Maria. <laughs> we miss you. Okay, Kim, <laughs> I really want to just jump into this. Tell us about Irish whiskey. Give us a brief history on, on, on Irish whiskey. Well, uh, Irish whiskey is uh, one of the oldest uh, European whiskeys. Uh, it, it was, uh, was, distilling was brought to Ireland by the I is believed by the Irish monks who traveled who picked it up uh in the Middle East where they were making distilling to make perfumes. They brought it back in the 10th century. Um and then eventually uh and they learned to distill it for uh use in uh you know beverages. And in fact uh whiskey is derived from the from the Gaelic term for water of life so uh, used by you know Gaelic was used by Scots and the Irish and so uh ushkaba means whiskey of life and then it became ushki and then it became whiskey so uh that's the that's the uh kind of the derivation of the word uh, even the Scots will admit that the Irish probably invented distilling as we know it today in in Europe um, the, there was a, in the 15th, mid 15th century, there was an account of a Irish chieftain who died because he drank too much whiskey at Christmas time. So <laughs> that was the first mention of Irish whiskey. And then about 50 years later, there was, uh, the Scots, you know, started talking about it. Um, Bushmills is, which is in Northern Ireland is the oldest licensed distillery in the world, um, in 1608. Uh, but they are not the oldest uh, operating distillery in the world. That's Kilbegan, which uh, started uh, producing in like the eight, late mid to late 1800s. But most of the Irish whiskey eventually became concentrated in Dublin. I mean, there were producers all over. There were distillers all over uh, Ireland, but they were basically farmer distillers. So the more sophisticated kind of whiskey that we uh, know today was really centered in Dublin. And um, the Irish distillers, uh, you know, used pot stills. That was, uh, you know, their preferred method. They thought it, you know, was an artisanal product and they were not making whiskey just to get drunk. They were making it to, uh, you know, really to be consumed in a, in a conscious fashion. But um, and but the uh, an English uh, taxman named Manaeus Coffee uh, created this column still, which means it's the whiskey is being continuously produced instead of 
a single pot still, which makes a batch of whiskey at a time. And he brought it to the other Irish distillers and said, oh, hey, this is going to really improve the Irish whiskey industry. And they didn't were not happy about it. They said, you know, it's not you can't even call what this produces whiskey. It was a very rudimentary form. They thought it was very rough. So they refused to use it. And as coffee brought it to the Scots, who started making blended whiskey with it. And so and Scottish whiskey started rising and Irish whiskey started declining, uh, which was also hastened by prohibition uh, in America because, um, you know, America was one of the primary uh, consumers of Irish whiskey. So um, so that's a, in a nutshell, <laughs> you know, Irish whiskey, you know, really declined, but now it's on the upscreen. That's beautiful. Thank you for that um, brief history on Irish whiskey. Now, help me understand this. What makes Irish whiskey different than Scottish whiskey when it comes to like the raw materials used? Like what is Irish whiskey made from? Well, Irish whiskey can be, and Scottish whiskey for that matter, can be both be made from a variety of cereal grains, um, barley, corn, wheat, oats. Uh, but Irish whiskey is unique in that uh, they have a, a kind of whiskey called single pot still whiskey. It can only legally be made in Ireland. And it's unique in that it uses a uh, blend of malted and unmalted barley. And there's an interesting story behind that. All whiskey has something to do with the tax man. Uh, the uh, English were taxing the Irish distillers, the Dublin distillers, on their whiskey. But what they were taxing was not the output. They weren't taxing the whiskey themselves. They were taxing the uh, malted barley that was used uh, you know, to produce the whiskey. So the Irish distillers said, okay, we're going to start using unmalted barley in a, in a large proportion in the whiskey. So they weren't taxed as much. So it was, and then, and a whole new style of uh, Irish whiskey was created. So uh, by law, Irish whiskey has to be 30% malted barley and 30% unmalted barley. Uh, they It's not limited to that. And other cereal, cereal grains can be used, but they can only make up about 5% of that whiskey. Uh, so, um, you know, and you could make that whiskey uh, you can make use the same process, malted, unmalted barley, uh, anywhere in the world, but it couldn't be called uh, single pot still because that can only be made on the island of Ireland. And that means both Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland. So um, it's a very, you know, it, like bourbon, it's a very unique product or Tennessee whiskey actually more is a better analogy. Tennessee whiskey can only be made in the, in the state of Tennessee. Irish whiskey, a single pot still Irish whiskey can only be made on the island of Ireland. So um, that's that's very unique. And uh, the unmalted barley uh, is, uh, you know, produces kind of a leathery taste or sometimes it can be kind of spicy and uh but it's really a unique pro a unique whiskey and it's really you know kind of help put uh irish whiskey on the map and it's just interesting that you know the taxman was so <laughs> was so involved so kim what's the fermentation process like well, uh, Scots, you can only use natural enzymes, but the Irish, uh, you can add enzymes. And that's because of that malted and unmalted barley that we talked about. The unmalted barley 
is a rougher, less refined grain. And uh, so the, it needs enzymes to help break it down. So what the malting process does uh, is the grain is moistened. It uh, When it starts to germinate, that creates enzymes that are needed uh, when you start fermenting the mash uh, to, to basically turn the starch into uh, whiskey. So those added enzymes are needed because of that unmalted barley that we talked about. Um, so the Irish can add that, whereas the Scots can only by law uh, use the naturally occurring enzyme. So that's a that's a big dis- that's a big difference between Irish and Scottish whiskey that's in terms hu- of the fermentation yeah, that's process. A, that's a huge process compared to what you told us about Scottish uh, uh, whiskey. Now, right now, uh, what's the, so what is the common process in distilling Irish whiskey? Sure. Um, so there's a very common misconception that Irish whiskey must be triple distilled, which is incorrect. It's false. Um, most Irish whiskey is triple distilled. Uh, and it's believed that uh, the reason for that is because of that unmalted barley that we were talking about. It's a rougher grain. Uh, it produces, you know, can, can produce some spicy notes, leathery notes. Uh, and if you triple distill it, which means running it through the still a third time, and it will become a smoother whiskey, right. which is why Irish whiskey, that triple distillation is why Irish whiskey tends to be lighter and smoother. Uh, because what happens when it when the whiskey goes through the still, every time you run it through the, the still, some of those heavier, um, you know, kind of sometimes you could call them richer, but those heavier notes are stripped off by the by the still, which is a copper still. And it takes off a lot that sulf, it takes off things like sulfur uh, and some of the heavier notes. So it's a, it tends to be a lighter whiskey. Um, but it's, again, it's believed that it was because of that unmalted barley. Now that it, there are there are not many uh, double distilled whiskeys. Connemara is one of them. That's also a peated single malt, which is very unusual. It's an independent from an independent distiller. Um, Kilbegan, which we mentioned earlier, uh, as the oldest operating distillery, has a um, uh, has a, a double distilled whiskey. So there are def- uh, two. I think it's. Tullamore Dew also has one. So, um, you know, they're definitely double distilled. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, in regards to Scottish whiskeys, I think Johnny Walker Green Label uh, is double distilled, which has that peaty uh, smokiness. And uh, Talisker, 10-year-old, I think it's also... uh, Yes. Well, yeah, Scottish whiskeys in general are double distilled, but they're not always uh, double distilled. Um, They're in the lowlands, for instance, which is one of the... um, uh, Scottish whiskey producing regions that uh, that is the closest to England, Auchentoshan uh, is it, it, that their whole line is triple distilled. So and others are. So you know there are there are variations and differences and you know outliers in you know each country about what about distillation. So I think the only one that I'm I'm familiar with that's triple distilled and has that you know smoothness that you're talking about is Jameson, uh, and I think that's a- yeah no. Yeah, most most Irish whiskeys are triple distilled. I mean, Jameson is famous, of course. Right, yeah. um, it's I think it's you know the best selling whiskey and the one of the best selling whiskeys and best well known in the world. So, okay. um, but it's it, it usually will say triple distilled on the label. That's how you know, and it typically re- results in kind of a lighter whiskey, whether that's a blended whiskey, whether it's a single malt, whether it's a, a single pot still, whether it's a single grain. 
wine, um, Teeling, which is a relatively new uh, distillery that opened in Dublin. It was the first uh, distillery to open in Dublin in like 126 years. And they produce uh, a single grain. And what that means when you say single malt or single grain, it doesn't mean only one grain uh, or only one still. What it means is um, it's in one distillery. So both of those terms indicate that it's being made at one distillery. So a single grain could be different whiskeys, different grains batched together. Mm -hmm. It could be different um, barrels of grain whiskey batched together. Uh, But the single, but yeah, but the single grain uh, from Teeling is delicious and it produces kind of a, almost like a coconut note. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Really delicious. Very kind of light and fruity. It seems weird, but it's so good. You're going to have to send me some recommendations because I I love anything coconut flavor or to anything similar to that, like that fruity floral. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like that. So let me ask you, um, what's the mature, uh, maturation requirements by law? Well, uh, by law, Irish whiskey has to be matured for three years. Some, I think Bush Mills actually says three meals, three, three years and a day. Um, which is which is similar to Scottish whiskey, uh, but it does not specify, and it has to be uh, matured for three years in in oak containers, seven hundred liters. But it does not have to be uh, oak containers, which a lot of whiskey uh, makers uh, require, and and you know uh, laws require. It just has to be a wooden container. So, for instance, uh, you could use any kind of wood. I mean, oak is used most commonly because. Uh, it's kind of the Goldilocks of wood. It mm. um, and because a lot of bourbon, there's a lot of ex-bourbon barrels, you know, that are that that distillers all over the world use because it's been used. It's com- It's cheaper than you know, kind of creating your own barrel. You get those lovely vanilla and caramel notes that are common to bourbon barrels, uh, but it doesn't have to be. Um, it's it, one really shining example is Helen Mulholland, who was the master blender at Bushmills for 25 years, she was inducted into the uh, Whiskey Magazine Hall of Fame uh, for uh, creating a whiskey, blending a whiskey that was matured in acacia oak. I mean, acacia wood, not oak, acacia wood. And it was interesting. I loved her theory behind it because acacia wood is the oldest wood in the world. Right, I mean, it's right, been around, right. you know, for millennia. Yeah, it's in the Torah. Exactly. And uh, also, she thought it was fitting because Bushmills is the oldest licensed distillery in the world. So uh, the whiskey was, you know, uh, hugely acclaimed. And she was voted into the Irish, uh, you know, in, as into the Whiskey Hall of Fame from uh, Whiskey Magazine. So, and so uh, all kinds of other, uh, you know, woods are used, but oak is common just because it's porous, it's uh, bendable, it doesn't leak. So it's kind of the Goldilocks of uh, of uh, wood for whiskey. Now, uh, let me, I, I want to kind of sidetrack here, but I, ha- I specifically want to ask questions in regards to craft uh, distilleries. Are they experimenting much like you had mentioned before with Tennessee whiskey that, you know, craft distilleries are, they experiment more. Is that, do they, is that happening with Irish whiskey? Like, are we seeing them using different types of wood or is there, are they just really sticking to the oak? Kind of like what you said, like, you know, the, the standard Goldilocks um, right. process. 
Well, um, you know, the wood, uh, it, the wooden casks, I mean, certainly you can bring those in. Those tend to be more expensive. I would say, and this is a bit of a broad general generalization, but um, I would say what, what the craft distillers are doing uh, is they are doing more grain uh, to bottle uh, mm, experimentation. Okay. So there will be, um, you know, wanting, there's a whole movement uh, by uh, called Waterford, the Waterford uh, brand. And that was started by actually by um, uh, a Scottish distiller. Uh, and he came over to Ireland and he worked with a bunch, he's working with a bunch of farmers uh, to create whiskey that is just from their grain, each farmer's grain. So he's not taking all those grains from all those farms and putting them together. He's taking individual grains from individual farms and making whiskey out of it, just, you know, to explore the idea of terroir. Um, Glendalo whiskey is on the coast. Uh, they are using their own grains. Uh, they're like, I think, ninth or 12th generation farmers. So they're really into the idea of place. So I would say a, a lot of the Irish distillers are um, concentrating on more the, the 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 plant side of it, the botanical side of it, as opposed to uh, the wood side. I mean, um, for instance, Helen Mulholland, who I talked about, obviously Bushmills has access to any kind of wood that they want. I mean, they, you know, so whereas an acacia wood might be a little harder or more expensive, expensive for a yeah. small craft. Yeah, for yeah. a small craft distillery to get their hands on. That's not to say that, you know, they don't use use barrels, but I would say that most of the experimentation is coming from, uh, you know, what what they're what the grain is and how they're you know using the grains and, and a lot of uh, farm to bottle uh, distillation and, and product. Well, thank you for that. You know, I, I find it very, very fascinating all this stuff is just fascinating, especially particularly what you just mentioned that they're more focused on the botanical aspect. Right, right. And, you know, I don't want to, when I say botanical, that kind of brings to mind, you know, flowers, flowers and, right, right, and right. other plants. I mean, whiskey is made from grains. You know, a, a botanical is probably better used with gin, which a lot of these distilleries start with because they start making gin uh, and experiment with local botanicals because, I think I've mentioned, you know, in previous podcasts, you when you put whiskey in a barrel, you're basically putting money in a barrel for it to age for three years. So you have to have something uh, to sell and you have to produce something to sell while you're waiting for that whiskey to mature. So a lot of uh, distillers and a lot of Irish distillers are distilling gin. So there is a more of a botanical to that. So what I should say in terms of whiskey is craft distillers are concentrating on the grains and the terroir. That would probably be okay. a more precise right. way of saying that. I, so thank you for clarifying. I understood what you said. I was just, and I'm glad you clarified it for our audience. Now, well, I mean, I said, yeah, I said botanical, which, and I, you know, wanted to clarify that a little bit. <laughs> no, that's so. great. No, that's, I think that's super important. Uh, Especially for, let's say you're starting off, you know, and you want to know really like what's, what is Irish whiskey? Now, I, I want to ask you, by law, what is allowed to be added to the spirit when it comes to the bottling process? Well, most whiskey is, there is a demineralized water is added and that's to proof it down. So when it comes off of, um, you know, depending on how much of whiskey evaporates or how much water evaporates during the maturation process, 
you know, the whiskey could, you know, it will rise in um, alcohol content. Uh, and so it usually has to be proved unless it's a single barrel. And I think we, we've talked about that, which means one barrel is selected. Every bottle from that barrel, uh, you know, is just just from that barrel. So they're it's not batched together. So they're not um, whiskeys from different barrels all over the the uh, distillery that, no, oh, this will be good. This will be good. So if, uh, if it's a batched uh process it has to be proofed down a single cast will only be it'll be bottled at whatever the you know whatever uh proof it's at so it's usually proofed down to 80 percent is um or 40 percent abv uh is usually the proof it has to be 80 percent to come into uh, or 40 percent abv 80 percent proof 80 proof 40 percent abv to come into the u.s that's true of all spirits um, league, otherwise it has to be called something else like a flavored, you know, whiskey product or something. So, um, but, uh, the only other thing, uh, that can be added is caramel coloring. And that's also true, uh, interestingly of scotch. It's not true of bourbon, for instance, or Tennessee whiskey, which we talked about. And the caramel coloring, uh, is, um, it, it adds color but it is flavorless and it's odorless. So it doesn't affect the, you know, the smell or the taste of the whiskey. So that's something you have to be really careful about uh, when you, a lot of people will they'll say, oh, that's dark. So that it must be older. Right, it must right, be right. better. Right, right, right. You know, which is completely false. I mean, if it's, you know, you um, sometimes, I mean, there are, I've tasted very old whiskeys that are like a pale straw color. So it just kind of depends on, on where, um, you know, if you're not adding coloring, it kind of depends on where the uh, whiskey is in the, in the, uh, well, Rick house in America and, uh, you know, the, in, in Scotland and Ireland, they're, you know, called, they're not stacked as high. Um, but the, um, yeah, it's, it's, so the caramel coloring can be added. So you have to be really careful, you know, you should, you should look about, look at what the whiskey is about rather than saying, oh, this must be older. I mean, it's always good to, you know, to do your, your homework on that. I think that's perfect. And that's, a, that's a great, great, like advice that you gave us bec that you're giving, because listen, I think, I don't know if it was you or, or, um, Stephanie that mentioned, uh, you know, the coloration, right? The, the, the caramelization of, of the color. It's just aesthetically to make it look in unison. It has nothing to do with that. But I like that you said that you don't pay attention to the right. color, which yeah, people it's, do that. It is, yeah, it's, and, and it's kind of, it, it you really have to kind of wean people away from that, of thinking that. I mean, they, you know, most people naturally think if it's darker, it's older. And, you know, sometimes it's just because of the barrels. But, uh, you know, longer time in the barrels will will produce, you know, often a, a darker whiskey. But it doesn't. But a lot of times they add they add the caramel coloring and they can legally do so both in Ireland and in Scotland, whereas they can't. But bourbon can't, you know, add or Tennessee whiskey can't add that caramel coloring. You know, uh, I there's so, you know, whiskey. That's what the thing about whiskey is like you can buy a decent bottle or a very, very affordable and it, Regardless of the color, you have to taste it. You can't just go by, oh, this looks prettier. The color is just exactly. more. It doesn't work that way. Um, yeah, exactly. And it, and so let me, uh, what does Irish whiskey taste like? Well, you know, I had mentioned that single grain tends to have a kind of a coconut 
you know, aspect to it. It's very accessible. Uh, and single malt is it, like single malt scotch. It's made uh, in one distillery uh, and made from barley. So that's going to be kind of a more complex flavor. Some common notes, uh, tasting notes with Irish whiskey, and that's this is partly because of the triple distillation, is orchard fruits. So you'll pick up pears, you'll pick up apples, uh, sometimes apricots. So a lot of that orchard fruit. Um, there's less uh, sherry, well, coming more, but traditionally um, Irish whiskey hasn't been matured in um, sherry barrels or uh, red wine barrels. So they won't, in a sherry barrel, uh, whiskey aged in a sherry barrel is uh, will tend to pick up dried fruits and that's less common in an Irish whiskey. Um, but uh, in addition to those orchard fruits, and it's kind of, again, it, when you think about Irish whiskey, you think about accessible whiskey. You think about a kind of a bright whiskey, a light whiskey. And that's, you know, where those orchard fruits, uh, you know, nosing on the nose and on the palate come in. But then there's also the unmalted barley. And some people really react um, kind of strongly to this uh, is kind of a leathery note with the and that's because of the unmalted barley and you know, there was, I've done tastings with people, uh, private tastings with people who say, you know, I just can't get past uh, the flavor of Irish whiskey. And, you know, in talking about it, I realize it's the unmalted, it was the unmalted barleys that this person was reacting to in that kind of leathery note. I think that's great. I think it adds some complexity. Right. But if you like your whiskey's light, you know, I can understand why that would, uh, you know, be off-putting. Oh, okay. Thank you for that. So let me let me let me break this down just so I get the, I got this correct. So the types of Irish whiskey we have is single pot still, which is one distillery, right. and it's a pot still, and it's uh, malted and unmalted. Correct. Correct. And then you have single malt Irish whiskey, which is one distillery pot still and only malted barley. Correct. And then you have single grain Irish whiskey, which is one distillery, all grain types, and it's column or coffee stills. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Grain whiskey is often barley tends to be made on pot stills, you know, uh, all whiskey, bar, all barley whiskeys tend to be made on pot stills. Uh, it just lends itself well to that. The copper will take out, you know, those, some of those heavier notes, whereas grain whiskeys, and this is why, why column stills are used uh, in America, you know, for bourbon mm -hmm. and for Tennessee whiskey, uh, you know, column stills are those coffee stills, as they were called, uh, named after that tax man who, who basically um, refined it in like the 1830s in Dublin. Um, it produces continuously, so it, it can produce a lighter spirit. And the more times you distill it, uh, the lighter it's going to become, you know, it's going to strip off some of those flavor notes. Um, so that's the, that is, uh, you know, for grain whiskey and grain whiskey in general, um, and barley, of course, is a grain, but this is grains other than barley are usually made in a column still. And then there's blended Irish oh, okay. whiskey. Yeah. And blended Irish whiskey is Jameson. I mean, that's a, you know, that's the most common type for Irish and Scottish whiskey. So Jameson's is a perfect example and a blended whiskey. And this is pretty much whether you're talking about Irish or Scottish whiskey means that you are taking whiskeys from more than one distillery. Right. So right. Um, something can be blended in house and still be considered, you know, a single malt. So 
Um, if teeling, for instance, as I mentioned, we'll take, uh, they'll take, oh, this barrel and this barrel and this barrel and this barrel. If we put whiskey from all, from all those barrels together, that will be our house style. And, you know, we, that's what they hope to achieve time after time. Uh, and now, of course, they want contu- continuity with the uh, blended whiskeys, but they um, have to do that with um, different whiskeys from all over the region or uh, so. And this is less common um, in, for instance, in in just to make a jump, Japan, uh, they do all of their, um, you know, all of their blending in-house, whereas in Ireland and Scotland, there's a little bit more collaboration. It's what's called horizontal, um, a horizontal model as opposed to vertical model with in Japan. So there's a lot of Scottish whiskeys, for instance, were basically uh, the distilleries, they were created to create, they were created to make whiskey for blends, and you know they didn't produce anything for their own production and 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 distribution. So, um, yeah, so that's so blended whiskey is probably the most common kind. I mean, and again, Jameson is is uh, you know very common. Um, Redbreast is a kind of single pot still. It's it's very well regarded, highly regarded, and it's one of the. Uh, there's not a lot of Irish whiskeys, um, unlike Scotch whiskeys, mm. uh, that have age statements. So the youngest, uh, so Redbreast 12 year, for instance, the youngest whiskey in that bottle is 12 years old. So that's um, what that's about. Um, and then the single grain, again, as we mentioned, uh, grain whiskeys from a certain house. But blended whiskey is just the easiest to make. And it kind of got a bad reputation for a while um, as being kind of an uninteresting or cheaper whiskey, but that's really changing. And it was just because a lot of kind of substandard grains were used for a long time and there just wasn't the care, uh, you know, in the 50s and the 60s that, you know, that, that is being given to whiskey now. So everybody is really, you know, the distillers uh, are really, you know, kind of trying to use um, quality products and, right. and really elevate everything. So blended whiskeys now are um, really quite amazing, I think. So I, I should think not so be too. shunned in any way. The, those are actually my favorites. And just to reiterate, a blended Irish whiskey is most, multiple distillery, distilleries, blend of single malts, single grain, or single pot stills. And what they use is a column or coffee or pot stills, correct? Right. I mean, I uh, I don't think pot still is used as much in blends. I think it tends to be single malt uh, and single grains. So, you know, um, gosh, I'm trying to think if I know of a, of a blend that has single pot still in it. You know, it's such a it's such a distinctive flavor, you know, mm. again, because of that leathery note that. Um, but, uh, you know, that's interesting. I have to I gotta, research I, you that. Know, I got to pay attention. I, I keep hearing people talking about this leathery, uh, note that they, that they taste when it, that they taste when, you know, sipping on Irish whiskey, because I, I haven't had that taste or maybe I might be describing it differently. Um, but I got to pay attention because I think Maria mentioned it too. That some of the whiskeys that she, Irish whiskey that, that she actually has, she's had, uh, they have that like leathery taste and I hear people say this, but maybe I'm tasting something else, but I'll, I got to pay attention, but listen, um, cause we're kind of running out of time here now, but, uh, I just want to literally for those that are just beginning or people who want to, uh, you know, expand their collection, what are some of the most popular brands you recommend for, for people who are beginning or trying to expand their, their collection? Well, 
Well, of course, you can't go wrong with Jameson's. It's, you know, one of the best-selling whiskeys in the world for a reason. It's light. It's accessible. You can drink it straight on the rocks. You can mix it in a cocktail. So, you know, that's, um, you know, that's always a good choice to kind of start with. Um, I would uh, suggest that people not just drink it in shots, <laughs> like, you know, which I think every every college student you know. uh, has, you know, had Jameson shots. Uh, so I, I would uh, recommend sipping it. Um, I, I mentioned Teeling. I think that's a very, all of their whiskeys across the board um, are incredibly accessible for a beginner. Um, I, they're... Uh, their, their small batch is aged in rum casks, which, Whoa. you know, makes it a little bit more accessible. Um, I mentioned that single grain. They're one of the few uh, Irish distilleries that make a single grain. Definitely would recommend that. Both of those are very accessible taste-wise and um, in terms of pocketbook. Uh, I would also, Sexton is a single malt, and it was the fastest single malt uh you know, I think for when it was first introduced, it was created by a woman. Um, she's now running Bushmills. Nice. Uh, she's now the master blender for Bushmills. And it's got a great bottle. It's like black, octagonal, and has a um, skeleton head wearing a top hat. And it became the official whiskey for, uh, you know, uh, oh gosh, I'm blanking it, the walking, um, the walking the dead. Walking dead. So, Yes. Nice. So. You, you know, it's it, I, I love this and I love that you share this bit of history, but uh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. No, 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 that's that's OK. Um, another great whiskey is Slane whiskey, which is uh, a blend of three different kinds of whiskey. And that's produced um, by Slane Castle, which is legendary for its rock concerts. So it's produced by, a, a, you know, the Earl of Cunningham <laughs> wow. and also a yeah. Also, a, uh, it's made right by the castle in the old um, stables. That's a great whiskey. Um, really good for Irish coffee. And it's also just very accessible. So um, kind of a muscular whiskey, but in, a, in an accessible way. So thank you for that. And, um, uh, you know, it's so interesting. I, I, there's this podcast I'm listening to right now. I just wanted to share this. It's called uh, A Story of Irish Whiskey. It is so oh. Irish whiskey, the history behind it is so dramatic, especially up until like, what, the 1960s when these uh, distilleries were all pretty much going broke. They It was really exactly. And it's so fascinating. And for those that really want to kind of know a little bit more the history aspect of Irish whiskey, I really recommend listening to this podcast, The Story of Irish Whiskey. It's just crazy. Like the secret meeting that happened and right. everybody, you know, they were frenemies and it's just dramatic, but it makes you appreciate. And people just think, you know, this is what's so beautiful about whiskey in general. We talked about bourbon. We talked about Tennessee. Like there's so much rich, rich history that goes to it that like this is why I, I think me and you came like this is why whiskey is one of those uh, spirits. You have to sit down, have conversations and talk to people about, like over it, you know, but I highly recommend that. Exactly. Podcast. Yeah. Um, it's Irish whiskey because it's so old. I mean, you can really just, I, I, I could do hours on it, honestly. So, um, which I, well, we don't have. No, but, but we so have, I think I, we have a whole show to, exactly, to, to, to bring them exactly. content, you know? All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for today. Uh, I, once again, I am your host, Romeo. And I'm Kim. <laughs> till, till next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>